1: Hello, everybody. Welcome again to gamesatwork.biz, your weekly technology podcast. My name is Andy Piper, and as every week, or at least as many weeks as we can make it, I am joined by my two friends and co-hosts. I shall start off by passing across to Mr. Michael Rowe. How are you, Michael?
0: I am just peachy keen, wonderful fancy, Mr. Andy Piper. How are you? Good. It's all going well over here. Michael Martine, how are
2: you? Fantastic, and really excited about the fun we're going to have on today's show, because uh, we're going to paint it pink.
1: Oh, that's, yes. That's
2: what I, I think we're going to start with here. Um, uh, for, for those of you listening in the way distant future, uh, this was the week after the release of the Barbie and Oppenheimer movies. Um, Double Bill. Double bill for, for some. I, I guess it was a, a really masterful way of saying, hey, you need to go see both of them. Um, in our family, we didn't see both. We did see one, though. Um, oh, which we, one? We, well, we got to see the pink one, obviously. Oh, yeah.
0: Very good. No? So,
2: lo- okay. local movie theater, and uh, we went out on uh, last weekend and, and kind of took it all in. Um, I, I have to say, the Barbie lead up. Um, with all of the marketing material and the tie-ins and the plugins and the all the stuff was just f- over the top.
1: It's um, been phenomenal, yeah, but really great. well done, right? I I agree. It has been well done. There's been some really great advertising campaigns, just with just billboards painted pink without anything else. You know, those kind of simple but very clear message uh, in there. Uh, I haven't seen either movie myself. I'm don't know how. I'm I guess I'm kind of curious about both. I did go uh, ahead and read up uh, on read the Oppenheimer Wikipedia page at least, and, and do a bit of reading around to refresh my memory and learn a little bit more about the man and the uh, background to what happened uh, there uh, beyond, you know, the event um, of 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 the. Uh, of the bomb um so yeah i was really curious to find out what what happened in his later life
0: there was a really good documentary uh came out about a month ago on one of the news channels it was like a two two and a half hour thing on oppenheimer we actually watched that uh recently really really good and and had enough Advertising and other things for the movie that I'm I, I'm actually more excited to see that even though uh, you know I am Barb curious it's a, uh, it's,
1: and- a it's a butt clencher right it's I think three hours and um, it definitely looks like um, something that's um, ser- a lot more serious I'm I'm curious because I haven't done any research to know the span of uh, Oppenheimer's life that it covers whether it you know covers a very specific period or or, or the whole thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm curious about it. Haven't seen either movie. I've got friends who've excitedly seen uh, either one or both. We were excited, I think, as a group uh, this week to see this uh, post on Mastodon, yeah, uh, from Fringe yep. Man- Magnet, which <laughs> I think was reshared from elsewhere uh, to to ensure yeah. that folks got to see it of uh, Barbie conversions, Barbie style conversions of sort of classic sci fi vehicles uh, from. A three D artist called Natalie Stevens in New Zealand. Um, so, so, I think originally um, posted perhaps on Instagram, uh, mashing up or taking things from the uh, from the past. Uh, so, for example, we've got Star Trek shuttles, we've got Battlestar Galactica classic Viper spacecraft, and of course, we've got a an uh, uh, a sandworm from uh, June, all uh, re repurposed, redone in pink, which is which is very I, funny.
0: I actually like the Dino Riders. That was cool too. Are they
1: on uh the Dino Riders on the It's Instagram? in the same thread. Oh, I was on the same thread. Okay. I uh, this, this goes just, to show yeah, I yeah. should I should actually read below the uh, uh read below, below the fold. Below the fold. <laughs> exactly.
0: I was a little disappointed. Which could makes no sense to most people. I was
2: disappointed <laughs> to see that it wasn't the um Barbie Star Galactica Dream Viper, but you know, there you have it.
1: Very, very cool. Super fun Um, stuff. And of course, the other story that was here, which, um, well, a couple couple more stories we've got here, but one of them um, was talking about the technology that enabled the Oppenheimer movie to be shown. Um, And in fact, (laughs) entertainingly, I think for all of us, uh, we've got these highly advanced, arguably highly advanced IMAX theaters showing... Um, extended cuts, which I think go beyond the limits that IMAX sort of established for for the length of a movie because of the type of film being used and so on. Um, and in order to do that uh, on seventy millimeter, they've had to go back and uh, get the original software, and that runs on a Palm Pilot, or I think as Michael, uh, you would uh, you would uh, remember your you had the alternative, didn't you? The um, oh, what was it? The IBM Workpad. Workpad that's right. Yeah. 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 Workpad. Yes. And
0: and and Michael, you actually had the the Palm Seven with which had cellular capability. Yeah, I remember that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah,
2: and that was pretty cool in the day. And and uh, and I, I had a Workpad too, afterwards. But it, yeah, the 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 cellular Palm Seven is how uh, I announced our firstborn to the world. That yep. was that was kind of fun. And uh, I I should go and look and see if I still have that email. Did, it should have been off to my Gmail account. I have to look.
0: Did we talk about the beep? Wouldn't have been Gmail. This before Gmail existed. Oh,
1: yeah, so I must have. <laughs> Did we talk about the Beep Berry a, a few weeks ago? I can't remember, but I got one of these, and it's been I renamed now. Uh, it's been renamed from from the Beep Berry now, but presumably because of uh, reasons. But I think it's now called just called BP. Um, but uh, it's from uh, a company that uh, yeah, it's called BP now. Um, that basically get, lets you plug a, a Raspberry Pi into the back of a uh, a Raspberry Pi Zero into the back of a BlackBerry style keyboard. Um, <laughs> amusingly, oh, nice. they've not only nice. not only I've just gone back, gone over to the website, and not only have they uh, uh, they've had to rename it from BeatBerry to BP, um, they've also had to blur out the uh, BlackBerry style keyboard on the on the thing. So obviously, there was people upset about it. The reason I raised that is because I posted it on Mastodon a few weeks ago, and somebody just this week replied and then said it reminded them of their Zorus um do you remember the sharp zaurus as well oh yeah um so that's familiar so anyway um yeah i've got one of these uh these things that i've done done little bits and pieces with it how to play with it the um the the blackberry movie
2: not to go into any detail on that is also worth watching if you haven't seen it yet yeah Um, it's on my list definitely good, good 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 fun there um you know rounding out our our barbenheimer chic section here is a link michael that you found a week and a half or so ago which was just absolutely astounding you want to want to give us a setup for this one
0: so 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 this is an example of uh really good usage of AI for fun. And so this musician is using uh, AI to auto-tune his own voice to sound like Johnny Cash. Uh, and he's got Johnny Cash singing. Um, isn't it I'm a Barbie Girl? Yes. Yes. And uh, it's it's just, it's so perfect. Uh, I mean, I like Johnny Cash anyway. His, his voice and his style of singing is just kind of really cool. And putting him in uh, inappropriate settings is even better. <laughs>
1: Well, it's one of those things. This is this is awesome. It's one of those things which you know is both exciting and terrifying, especially when it comes to things like the um, the writers uh, and actors guild strikes in in the U.S. at the moment, Mm -hmm. um, where you know this is being used to reproduce somebody's uh, voice and 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 redo things in their style, and that's very cool that you can do that, but there are ethical, uh, legitimate concerns about how that might go forward.
0: We, we actually talked about this some time ago and i've I've been slowly when I have time doing the 15 minute setup of uh, on on iOS 17 oh yeah re- get thing to use your voice uh, for things and and I think I'm five minutes in I've had that much time in the last month and a half <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah it's it's interesting. the The difference here is, is kind of just kind of like a enhanced auto tune is the way I call it. And I don't like auto tune at all, right? My my thing is if you can't hit the notes, don't sing them. Uh, but sing them in the style of somebody else is kind of interesting. And like I said, it's a good tie into the to the movie and our fun here. And Michael, I know you saw it too, and it was kind of fun to share it. And it's it's just really. It's interesting, and I take your point, Andy, very well, uh, or take it to heart, on the impact in the media and entertainment industry and the implications there.
2: Absolutely. And that that I had the same thought, to Andy, is that when there are people that are going to be compensated once for their voice Mm -hmm. or once for their physical representation, and then that can be used forever and ever, that feels a little untoward to start with and and obviously Johnny Cash was never around for the Barbie Girl song so to hear that sung in that style uh to me that was also kind of I I, I get the uh, the auto-tuning kind of notion but it was as if Johnny Cash was singing it then there was the background from the Folsom County prison related recordings and yep. it was just like you it would be hard to discern the differences between the real Johnny Cash and the, this fake Johnny Cash right doing it right um so so speaking of real and uh and maybe not so real uh epred had given us uh an interesting company called the simulation.co to take a look at and uh, it's a it's an early stage coming soon join the beta sort of thing and their website talks about uh unlocking the potential of ai to help humanity learn more about itself which sounds very much like what we just talked about here from a johnny cash perspective uh except for the fact that this is doing it a little bit more between um the the physical representation of a person and the audio representation which as we all know both have to kind of sort of go together if we're going to avoid getting into the uncanny valley sort of situation so a cool thing to keep our eye on as this emerges and evolves um Andy, you you found a fun article about Glorbo in World of Warcraft, which I know <laughs> oh, yeah, Michael's really, encountered
1: like six times already. I'm really excited okay. <laughs> about Glorbo coming to World of Warcraft. It's uh, you know they they've been they've been teasing this for so long, and now uh, oh, yeah. Glorbo is uh, is coming, and uh, you know I think it's going to completely uh, turn the game upside down. It's going to revolutionary, revolutionize World of
2: Warcraft. Michael yes, I agree. agree. Yes.
1: So, so this yes. is this is a prank. This was a joke, <laughs> but but um, people started talking about this on Reddit, and unfortunately, it started being pulled from Reddit, scraped from Reddit, and actually created into a uh, news story that then started getting posted onto various uh, sites and shared around. Well,
0: ac- actually, what's more interesting about this is the the there's a person who's been believed to be a content farm. Okay, that's putting out like. 30 or 40 articles a day or more um, by just scraping Reddit. And the Redditors actually decided to see if they could hack that person with this Glorbo site or Glorbo uh, announcement, right? So... That's kind of the backstory of it. Is there was a, a gaming site that was designed to give you hints about what's going on in World of Warcraft, giving you rumors, etc. And so they just decided to hack them. And it's a perfect example of <clears throat> the not wisdom of the crowds, but the <laughs> smart aleckness of the clouds well, of the crowds. Yeah, I,
1: I, I love the last line in this Ars Technica article, which uh, which I found. I read this in about time. Time is a flat circle, and so is self-referential AI-generated content. Um, you know, um, people with the, they subsequently had stories about people reacting to an AI generated content about the game, which was inaccurate. Um, the other thing was, I, I, I shared this with the both of you because, uh, I know, uh, how much Michael loves world of Warcraft, but, um, yes, also, um, I think it was last weekend or possibly the weekend before, uh, I came across a, a board game in one of the local stores, which, uh, if you, I, I don't know if either of you are familiar with the board game Small World, uh, but uh, some they've done a mashup of Small World and World of Warcraft. So there's a Small oh, World cool. of Warcraft board game now, <laughs> uh, which uh, which looks super fun.
0: It's a small Azeroth, after all.
2: <laughs> so, so, you know, um, the thing the thing that grabbed me about Glorbo and this level of pranking, hacking, etc. Uh, reminded me very, very much, and, and you'll see why in a second, of Van Halen requiring brown m ms be removed from their, yes. uh, their m ms in their green room. And you might yep. be saying, gosh, well, what does that have to do with Glorbo and World of Warcraft and AI? Well, the answer is a whole heck of a lot because what Absolutely. Van Halen was doing, they were among the first, was ensuring that their contracts were actually read by the people who were setting up the venues. And so if right. they got-
0: Attention to mm, detail, if, baby. If <laughs> if they
2: arrived at a venue and there were a bowl of m ms there with, with the brown one still in, or no bowl of m ms they knew right away that the people at the venue hadn't read the contract. Right. And then therefore, they're like, you know what, I'm out. So okay. apply yep. that thought to Sarah Silverman and apply oh. that to Glorbo. And now think for a moment about, hmm, How might you find out whether or not your material is showing up in someone else's large language model?
1: I just prefer to let the machines think for me at this point.
0: (laughs) I I let Andy think for me because he'll figure out when I haven't read things. (laughs) Oh.
2: There you are.
0: Deep cut for our listeners.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, moving along, you know, let's let's go back in, in time even further than uh, maybe, well, maybe around Van Halen's time. Uh, we had Selectric typewriters. You know, a lot of people use those. That was a, a one of the best typewriters on the market at the time. And uh, nowadays, there's not a lot you could do with them. If you find ones that are still working, that's a good thing. But we have maybe. someone who did something really interesting, Andy, with a Selectric, didn't they?
1: Yeah, so let's talk about what the Selectric, maybe both of you can talk through it uh, with me uh, about how the Selectric works. So the Selectric was one of these, The was the typewriter that had all of the letters on on, on like a globe on a sphere, right? And it would rotate yes. the sphere in order to, to, to print and use the letters. Uh, I, I can certainly see the aesthetic of it in my in my head. I and, and know what it looks like, but I don't know enough about the, the mechanism maybe either one of you does.
0: So, so um, if you've ever used a manual typewriter, mm-hmm. uh, the original designs of manual typewriters had these long metal arms. And when you press the key down, the arm came up, struck a ribbon that then caused ink to transfer from the ribbon onto a piece of paper. Okay. And if you struck two keys too closely together, the arms would catch on each other and jam up. Right, right,
1: right, yeah. OK. Yeah.
0: And so what happened is uh, once you went to electric typewriters with that same design, it was much more likely that you would jam up your, your, your typing. Course, yeah. Uh, and so this was one of a couple of designs that were used to improve the speed and accuracy of, of uh, typewriters. The other one um, was, uh, was, a sp- was a wheel. And all the letters were on the outside, and so it would just spin the wheel around and tap against it. So lots of different I, innovation in time.
1: And I have a, a vague uh, memory of quite recently sharing something where somebody had used a 3D printer to reproduce a Selectric uh, yes, yes those as well. Walls. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the, um, th- this particular story – sorry, Michael, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say that the Selectric was, I think, a little bit over-engineered because if you watch it print, it the whole wheel is bouncing. I mean, the whole globe is bouncing all around wow. and and hopping. Uh, and the other cool thing between it and the 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 wheel ones were you could finally change the typeface, which you couldn't do on other typewriters. So you could pop the ball out and put another ball on that Needs. was, you know, Times New Roman.
1: That's pretty. That's very cool. So, I didn't know that actually. That's something I've just yeah. learned on this show. Always good to learn something. You were this
0: this show. many years old when you exactly, learned exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. So this is a back uh, day story um, where somebody has converted it. it, converted one of these into a serial terminal for Linux. Um, so you can actually, I mean, the the YouTube video is amusingly titled "Linux on a 70s typewriter," but uh, the idea here is that you're using uh, this is a teletype to uh, go through to a web browser and uh, access ChatGPT. And uh, they've converted it using a, an AVR microcontroller. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very cool.
0: When when I first saw you ta- toss this into our show notes this week, uh, my, my first reaction just at the title of it, without even actually watching the video, and I did get to watch the video, uh, not all the way through, about halfway through, was they reinvented the telex. <laughs> right. And that's exactly what it was, right? The Telex was basically a typewriter hooked up to a communications line that would send data across and type out what it got. So, uh, but yeah, very, very, very
2: cool. Enjoyed it. So, so much awesomeness. So now let's, let's move, let's move to the future. We've been to the past. Let's move to the future. Um, The future. The future is now, isn't it? So um, Apple's now taking applications for Vision Pro Developer Kits. Um, interesting, interesting, Michael, so, you signed up, you got it? Yes. Everything going? Yes. Um, I,
0: I, I cannot say if I've got it or not. Uh, but then again, they haven't said anybody's got them or not yet. Yep. Uh, but, uh, the, 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 with any new platform, um, there is some process that Apple does with lead developers to get them access to the hardware before it's announced. Now, Apple did announce this, so so there's a long time between announce and display uh, uh, and purchase. So this is kind of the, uh, the interim step. There's three different options that you can have. Uh, one is send in your app. They'll give you a detailed feedback, et cetera, to improve it. Two is go to one of the six or seven global sites and spend a day and get time with the device to test your app. Um, and three is actually get on the list and they may send a developer kit to you. If they do, uh, to paraphrase um, happy fun ball, uh, you know, do not taunt the developer kit uh, <laughs> because you can't show it. You can't talk about it. You you literally cannot have anybody else in your area who's not disclosed on it look or touch it. If you leave the location for an extended period of time as defined in the contract... You have to hide it? Uh, you, can, you must let Apple know. Oh. Uh, if you are not currently using it, you must lock it in its locked Pelican case uh, and put it in a secure location. I mean, You've it really is... You've really done the reading here. Like... Uh it's well, I submitted an application. <laughs> of course I did the reading. <laughs> uh but if if um if you think about it from the standpoint of a totally unreleased product, none of the things that they request are unreasonable, right? Uh for keeping something completely quiet. However, it's been announced, it's been shown, people have had it, uh, or at least been able to touch it in person, not just see it in a glass. You know, cube. Uh, I don't think I will be selected to actually get one. How come? I'll be honest. You're, you've got to be one of their top um, developers by now, so. Uh, I, I am one of their bottom top developers, or top <laughs> bottom developers, or one of those two. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, I put in my application. They, they, you know, say, give us what you're developing, why you think it's important, et cetera. And it's like, I've been. Writing this app for ten plus years, I, I put it out on every one of your platforms. Uh, this will be the first one I'll have an opportunity to have make available on day of launch, and I would like to test it before it's released it's strong, to see if there's anything I can do better.
1: Strong, uh, yeah, strong application, I think.
0: And it's a business utility, right? So it's it's uh, it's it's not one of your standard, you know, media utilities, right? Consumption utilities, and so. If I do get selected, I won't be able to tell you about it. (laughs) Won't be able to show it to you. Won't be able to talk about it. Uh, And so I I don't. I can't even suggest a canary in the coal mine that we could use. I
1: did get a uh, an email the same as yours uh, inviting me to apply, but uh, I chose not to because I have nothing to show off.
0: No, it's. It'll be interesting. The. There's no word on how many of these there will be. There's no word on anything about it. Uh, but if I am lucky enough, I would assume I'm very, very low on the totem pole. and It'll be sometime, maybe a week or two before it's released. <laughs> so it'll be I can have ordered it already and, you know, wait for my device to show up. And then, yeah, here, here's a test device you can play with for a couple
1: of days and send it back. I'm excited to not hear about you not having one in the near future. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's face it: if you weren't to talk about it, then that might strongly suggest that you have one that you can't talk about. Uh, uh,
0: uh, I I can't say if that's true. I can neither confirm nor deny that.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm beyond excited already. But if but if Michael were to talk about watching Oppenheimer in IMAX like fidelity, knowing that there's not an IMAX theater with a Palm Pilot in the near vicinity of his
1: house, that he might be definitely a hot tip. Pirated Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And, know, it on screen, his... and painted my the side of my house white, and, and put a little <laughs> Pico projector up against it.
1: And if he were, if he was to appear in public or not in public, you know, wearing a bright pink headset, then uh, yeah, it would not be a an Apple Vision Pro. Exactly, that that's
2: just my feelings exactly. We need a Barbie <laughs> pink version of that too. Maybe that's something. Definitely. That, uh...
1: That's the 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 one crossover bit of marketing that they failed on.
2: Yeah. Well, the fringe magnet or, or Natalie there can maybe jump on that. We'll get that sorted. All right. Well, folks, that gets us to the end of our time here today. Another great fun show. Uh, Andy, people are going to get a chance to hear you pretty soon on another podcast. Um, as Potentially. I yes.
1: Potentially. potentially if I'm are, are, are they
2: reneging now
1: on, on their invitation? Is that what's going on? No, no, no. I think there's just uh, some negotiation about where, uh, when people can get together to record it. That's all. So we'll see. Uh,
0: I thought it was your fees. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. You know, your attorneys and, you know, the whole legal team. There's a lot to be done. It's very complicated. Your agent. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. all true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, if you can't wait to hear Andy on that show, then you will have to wait to hear him on this show again in about a week's time. So do drop mm-hmm. us links. Do drop us insight, all kinds of good fun stuff here over at GamesWork.biz, and we will be delighted to bring him up, chat about him, and uh, maybe even make fun of one or two. That tends to happen here. So we'll see you again next <laughs> time, everybody. Thanks for joining. See
0: ya. See ya. You've been listening to gamesatwork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at at gamesatwork.biz or at our website at at gamesatwork.biz.